Now when I was a little boy At the age of five I had something in my pocket Keeps a lot of folks alive Cheers. Yeah. All right. Episode two. Yes. Episode two. Oh, that's so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Got the. I got Martin's wine here. I guess. Trying wine this time. What you guys drinking? I'm drinking water because I uh, tied on so hard Friday night <laughs> going up to the casino. <laughs> It was rough. Oh. So, so, Jim, so my office, we go up to Blackhawk every year. Yeah. And we went up and I started day drinking at like one thirty or 2 with like coworkers. And then the party oh. bus left at 6 for Blackhawk. And I had two um, Oscar Blue Pinner IPAs. I had two... Um, I don't two Stellas. I can't believe I remember that. I had something else, and then you know we're up at the casinos playing, and then my wife and I, you know, we have nightcaps and whatnot, and so oh dude, Saturday was rough, and al- alcohol doesn't sound good right now. So I've got clear liquid that is water to still try to rehydrate me from this past weekend. I thought you were drinking vodka. I just said it was clear liquid, and I held my glass up. I didn't, you know insinuate that it was alcohol of any you know any sort (laughs) okay we'll take your word for it right yep it was rough (laughs) on sunday for friday yeah i mean we started we started drinking at like 130 or two having some session beers and it was rough it was nasty You know, I, 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 you sent me a picture of the beer that you were having, and, and uh, the wife and I had went out with some friends, too. And I was like, he's drinking the same beer I'm drinking. And I'm like, no, it can't be. It was like the same color can, Justin. Um, no shit. Yeah, same wow. kind of color, same color scheme. And I'm like, this is a local beer. He can't be drinking what I'm drinking right now. So I was like, well, maybe I've had too many drinks, so let me just <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, um, we're recording, so oh, but it's all good, yeah, you know. As soon as it pulls it up, as soon as the video connects, it starts recording. But uh, I had a couple topics. Um, mm-hmm. Dallow Spicer yeah. on Twitter asked us if we had any personal favorite books, holy grails, underappreciated books, or key books. So I thought maybe we could talk about that. And then a, a guy named Weechi Fernandez uh, on Facebook, he asked about any must-haves, so those kind of can roll into the same thing. And then, uh, you know, we can talk nice. about the Shadow Man 13 Temple Smith variant that was listed for a thousand bucks. That then he lowered his price to four ninety-five, and it sold. Which is Did it? I shit you not, it sold. I looked at it just a few minutes ago, like five thirty. Uh, so that I could, we could talk about it. So, and then there was also uh, Eternal Warrior number five VH1 book. 
uh, CGC mm-hmm. 9.9 that sold on the 23rd for 399 bucks. I know. Yeah, I remember. You, you... <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Are we still on here? Yeah, we're. I. I can... Oh yeah. Go ahead, I can hear you both. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I was typing and talking at the same time. So it was a 9.9. Yeah. I think you sent that to us, right? I, like in the link. I either sent it to. I think I posted it in the in our uh, private room. So I didn't know if you guys, I know you had seen it, Dwan. I didn't know if Jim was able to catch that or not. I did. I didn't realize it went for 300. That's impressive. I think I was more surprised that it was a 9.9. That was the first one I've ever seen. You know, Um, I haven't been around a long time collecting like you guys, but I mean, how many times do you see a 9.9? Not too often. Um, I mean, it's it's like chasing a nine eight uh, Solar ten, uh, first print. Oh, uh, wow. Not too many of those out. Yeah, those books get kind of beat up, right? The Solar tens of. Um, Anytime there's know. a black cover, yeah, it's it, just one tiny crease or indention. It'll show up with a black cover. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, That's got to be hard to get. Absolutely. So, so it sold. How much did it sell for? Nine point nine. It was. You said Eternal Warrior. What yeah. number was it? Number five. It was the first appearance of Bloodshot from you know ninety three, and it sold for right. three hundred and ninety nine on the twenty third of February. Wow. So, so uh, just to give people a difference or, or just a comparison, I'm looking at a nine point eight. It's selling for thirty four fifty. So just. From a 9.8 to a 9.9 is a huge increase in price. Yeah, it's tenfold always when it comes to a 9.9, and then a 10.0 probably would have sold for over a grand. For a book from the 90s. Wow. That could pay off your credit card, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sure as hell could. So, so what's the difference? Like, maybe you guys can enlighten me here. So, what? Um, it, it seems like nine point eight is about the highest that I normally see. Um, what would what what gets it from a nine point eight to a nine point nine or a perfect ten? Is, is is it just like the thumbprint maybe on a cover when it was handled, or something else? I I, I don't know. I don't know. Go yeah. ahead, Jim. Yeah, my opinion, it's. It's so subjective. Like I've heard people people grab a book that might be a nine two, they get it CGC'd and they crack it open, they remove the book, they send it back to CGC to have regraded, and it'll come back as a nine six or a nine eight. So I think it really depends on on who's grading it, whether it's at you know, CGC or uh, some of the other houses. Um, but I, I think it's a lot of luck too. I think if they were to pull a new book straight off the printer, it's only getting it a 9.8. It's, I think it's, my opinion is it's going to be very rare that they're going to issue a 10. It's, it's got to be absolutely perfect condition. Yeah. I mean, there's only, so like, you know what? We should just start this because this is some good information for folks. Right. 
All right. Well, yeah. Dewan did the intro last time. Do you want to do it, Jim, or do you want me to do it? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You said it was recording. Uh, I thought maybe you were going to do some editing. But, yeah, if you want to do an official uh, entry, go for it, Justin. I'll get the next one. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Of course. We're we're all co-hosts. That's why we can share it every week, you know? So. Right. Oh. <laughs> all right. So... You are listening to episode two of Collecting Valiant Podcast. I'm Justin, and tonight we've got... JC. And I'm Dewan. I'm the referee. The ref. Nice. <laughs> the ref. JC and, and the, the ref. On. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it on, guys. Let's get it on. That's right. Well, first order of business, we were, we were just talking off the air about a an auction that closed February 23rd. It was an Eternal Warrior number five from VH1. It was a CGC 9.9 and it sold for 399 bucks. And so we were kind of discussing amongst ourselves what differentiates a 9.8 and a 9.9 and a 10.0. So we'll get back to where we were at and we'll edit in part of the discussion that we had beforehand. So... I'm Dramatic pause. Yeah, right. I'm starting to get that down. So it only it only took like <laughs> nine days of trying to figure it out. So thanks, Justin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you know, in all honesty, I don't know, Dewan, what differentiates a nine eight from a nine nine. And like you were saying, Jim, I it could be a fingerprint. You could pull it right off the press, and depending on the day, and you know. You know, if they've been day drinking or not, they're at CGC, they might give it a higher grade. But I don't know. There's not too many Valiant books that have garnered a 9.9 or a 10. Yeah. There, there was a recent Bloodshot. It was, uh, Justin, you might recall, there was it was a sketch cover. Um, and that had the Valiant label, I believe. That was being sold out of Akron, Ohio, about a month and a half, two months ago. Oh, I don't remember that one. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, was, was it a 9.9 .9 or a 10? It was a 9.9. Nine. Wow. So a, what, it was yeah. a sketch cover. Was it from um, the flip book between Bloodshot and Archer and Armstrong? Or was it Bloodshot when it came back, Bloodshot Reborn? Or was it from Bloodshot USA? You know, I think it was Bloodshot Reborn, maybe number 13, 14, and it was, that was the 150 variant. It was a La Rosa cover. I'll see if I can dig it up, but it was a 9-9. Nine nine, oh, are you talking about Bloodshot Reborn, number 10? Was it um, 10? Because, yeah, Lewis did a sketch cover for that. That was a 1-50, and, and there was also the line-wide <laughs> variant for uh, the Jeff Lemire cover for that issue, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah. Lemire one was, yeah, was that the um, the ink one? Kind of like the Harbinger, was it the Harbinger 8? Yeah. Sketch? Yeah. Yeah, and then I see, it's actually, uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that, the, the Bloodshot uh, Reborn number 10, 1 and 50 variant, I just put that into my light today. <laughs> So I was just looking at it. So that that one you said sold in Akron, Ohio for nine. It, was, it got graded as a nine point nine. Wow. Yeah, I 
I'll dig that up because I, I think it went pretty high. Huh, I and, don't remember uh, seeing that but, one. But it, it probably is easier for those books because it's like in that prestige format, right? Because, you know, those the, the car stock's a, a lot firmer, so you could kind of okay. see how that would, would maybe rate higher. Like the chance of it rating higher would, would, would be there more so than a, a regular uh, cover Absolutely. For, for a regular book. Yeah. Kind of like the, the Savage like savages, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anything goes lower than a nine eight, just because the the card stock, the, the quality is so durable. Well, I got a nine zero back in the mail on Saturday, <laughs> so I can guarantee you that they'll go below. <laughs> so you need to crack it open and send it back in, like Jim said. Crack I, it open and send it back in to see if somebody else grades it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I found that auction that you're talking about, Jim. The Bloodshot Reborn oh. number ten. CGC 9.9 LaRosa sketch cover, and it sold on December 11th. For, December. Yeah, for $382. And it also there had the CGC Valiant label on it that was limited to 500 the black and white header on it. So. Yes. Yep. Oh, 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 that. That's oh, a nice yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, actually a really good deal. Um, I have five or six copies of that book that would grade really high. I'd love to think it would be a 9.9, but uh, having that universal grade label on it, the Valiant label, it looks pretty damn sharp on the sketch cover. So, Can you send that to me so I can look at it? Yeah, I'll send it to you both right now in Slack. Um now, did you guys did you guys get any book slab with that uh, the Valiant, uh, you know, label on it on the top of it? Not. I did not. Yeah. What was that? Was it at New York Comic Con or something where you had to go where CGC was there and you you were able to get your books graded there and they were able to put that that label on, on the slab. I think it was Baltimore Comic Con when they did the millionth. Uh for XO48, you could do it there. And then whatever mm -hmm. they had left over, they took to Sarasota, Florida, and then you could specify. And when I sent books in two two weeks ago, the day mm -hmm. before um, President's Day, um, I didn't specify. I didn't, you know, that's five extra bucks a label. By the time you do 10 books, that's, you know, paying for two slabs. And I didn't know if they would even have them anymore. That was the, the biggest impetus behind that. Hmm. Jim, you got the mighty axe there, I see. <laughs> oh, I can't see you, Dwana. I, I just see a, a, a beautiful sunset. I didn't know the <laughs> U.S. But, yes. <laughs> I am one of the proud owners of one of the Wrath of Eternal Warrior axes. And uh, got it from one of her friends at uh, Valiant Fans. And um, You got that from Stephen, right? Stephen Coates? That is correct. Yeah. Yep. I saw some yeah, pictures he... of him at Emerald City this weekend. So. Oh, very nice. He had two of them. He told me he had two. Good man. There's only Good 34 man. of those, so having uh, one is Ooh. pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, did you pay $5,000 for it? No, explain? Uh, much, much less. And <laughs> and uh, I got to hand it to our Valiant community. He uh, he sold it to me for less than what some of the uh, eBay prices were out there as well. So 
uh, I thought it was a, a fair price. Great, great. Yeah. That's a great deal. Anytime you can come up like that, that's a you can't beat it. Just don't use it. Don't use it to hack somebody down or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another gem. <laughs> is that your Bloodshot Platinum? That is correct, sir. Oh, you got goodies today. Tell. Well, I figured I have to show them off because Justin is the Uber collector, right? I don't. I wouldn't He's go that sitting. far. <laughs> so that kind of ties into the, the the Twitter question, right? Like, what are your what are the the must have books like the gems? I mean, great segue. Yeah, you know, like you you want to get definitely the Bloodshot Platinum if you can get your hands on it. Absolutely. Um, the pink is probably uh, the one question is the the super hard to find books. I think we were talking earlier this week that the the bloodshot uh, was it zero pink is there may only be one known out there one known and uh, it recently sold the end of december for 5200 yeah it was yeah michael a, a gentleman i i talk with often in florida bought that oh yeah i thought i was going to get it I had 3500 towards it and got outbid last minute. And I'm kind of glad I didn't win. That's that was a lot of cash. That's a lot of vig. Yep. A lot of cheddar. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you don't have any write-offs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, That's a good question from one of our, our Twitter followers, right? Yeah, Dallas is... Spicer on Twitter asked uh, a few questions. He asked, you know, our each of our personal favorite books. So, and then our holy grails, any underappreciated books or key books. Mm. Wow. I'll tell you mine. Um, last December, there was an auction for the divinity one, one in 40. And I was actually <laughs> going to referee a basketball game in uh, a little small, uh, <laughs> Catholic school about maybe 25 minutes away and I'm bidding I'm bidding and I'm late for the game and I'm in the car and I win the bid for 300 bucks it's supposed to be a raw like 9.8 divinity one one in 40 I'm excited that's my personal book but the the bad thing about it was after about 14 15 days you know I never got a shipping confirmation never received anything from the seller and uh, unfortunately, I had to kind of reporting him or her to uh, eBay and had to get a refund, um, which was sucked because I think that was going to be my first book that I was going to try to get slabbed. And I, that that was my holy grail at the time. You know, being new, you kind of look around and you see that book was, you know, going for three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars <laughs> at that particular point in time. And I lost out on it. So it's uh, another you get hit in the head you know you, you win an auction you think you're going to get a book and the rug gets snatched out of you the last minute that's the that's the life on ebay right that's right all those snipers coming in with like three seconds to go and you think you've got it and you just watch <laughs> it slip away you know unless unless you can catch a, a great buy it now i think sniping it, it's it's accepted it, it's 
you know, it's almost the expected way you're going to get something from an auction. Yeah. I'm, I'm a marksman. <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> nice. So, do you want to do you want to give us any of your tips on how do you snipe or some basics of sniping oh. on eBay for an auction? Great point. If if you're doing it live, there are some tools out there where you can uh, uh, input your your account credentials, password, and actually pick the auctions that you want to bid on as and uh, how much you want to uh, bid towards that auction. You know what your max bid and and what your final, like your snipe time is going to be. I've used that in the past uh, as a demo. I was actually able to grab a uh, Saga 1, the uh, the ultra rare variant. Um, uh, it's going for upwards, it, it's going north of a grand right now. I, I can't remember. It's, talk- it's not an EC. You're talking about the RRP, right? RRP. There you go. Yeah. So I grabbed back in the early day. Um, for a couple hundred bucks, just because I'm a completionist, I, I snagged it. Now it's it, if you're lucky enough to find it, you're going to find it north of a grand. Damn, nice. So for yeah, so for us like uh, uninformed people or newbies, what's RRP mean? Uh, it means retailer roundtable presentation. DC started it, and so you know they have their their breakfast and lunches with the retailers and they give out free books just like comics pro you know the uh exo and you know the secret weapons and so they have their round table or their luncheon and you know they make sure that all the retailers get that preview copy before it comes out and so they can you know before final order cut off up their orders if they need to you educated me (laughs) <laughs> I, that's what it's about right exactly I, I share my information with you you share it with whomever and then you share information with me that i'm not privy to and jim and back you know that's what it's all about this community so absolutely see we're not rookies like they told like paul and martin called us on their podcast <laughs> <laughs> called us rookies for not joining their <laughs> episode yesterday uh, I still haven't oh. even listened to it. I downloaded it, but I I was too busy today. They were so very we're kind to us. They were very kind to us. They they could have got on us a, a lot harder, so it was funny. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, Juan, to, to answer your question about sniping, uh, I would say the six seconds to completion is the is the hot spot, at least what I found. Depending on the speed of your, your internet, your broadband, whatever, um, I would say six seconds to place the bid, give it a second or two to refresh, and then you've got that last second or two to check to see if you've been outbid or if you want to raise that uh, that initial max bid. That's what so I found. Like, so it's like a safety net. It's just to so say if you know you're like I'm going to pay no more than five hundred dollars for this book, just to put the five hundred dollars in and. You know, if somebody bids 300, you're still going to outbid them and outbid them and until you get close to that 500. And then that's when you maybe implement your six second rule. Is that maybe the well, strategy you take? Yeah, call me crazy, but I've noticed a lot of trend, or at least the, the, the trend that I'm following is usually if it's coming, if an auction's coming down to, uh, let, let's say, let's say an auction is coming down to, to its final minute. 
and the going value right now or the, the highest bid is $100, be prepared to spend twice that amount. I've seen so many bids double in that last minute, in that final minute. If you know it's coming down to $100, get ready to bid at least $200 if you, if you want that item. Well, and Deep pockets. Right, right. The way the way I see it is, you know, you can follow an auction for six hours, you know, six days, twenty three hours, and forty five minutes of it. And if it's still under what you personally want to pay for that, watch it. You know, as it starts closing down and closing down, at that last, you know, five ten seconds, put in your max bid. And walk away. Yes. Do not say, okay, I'm going to put in a bid at 30 seconds, and then you get outbid with 12 seconds to go, and you're like, ah, damn it. Just put in your max <laughs> bid, walk away. You'll get the email if you want it or not. And yep. if you didn't win it, you didn't win it. There will be another one that pops up in the next week or month or year. You'll, another one will pop up. Exactly. That's a, that's a great thing about this hobby. It's If you haven't found it, just be patient. Wait. One will turn up. And if you don't want to spend uh, more than what you're willing to put down on it, don't get worked up. Another one will come around. Right. And that's kind of the, the beauty of you know the auction or the eBay or whatever site you're using because um, as a seller, you, know, you kind of want somebody to get engrossed in to the – the bidding process with someone or multiple people to kind of push the value of the book. So if you think the book's worth a hundred and somebody just is hyper competitive and they keep going back and forth, your book may sell for 300. Like you, like you said, Jim, you know, you think the book's worth a hundred, but be prepared to, to pay 200 for it just off of human nature. Absolutely. Stick to a budget or watch your credit card limit. <laughs> As for a credit increase, right? <laughs> wow. That was a good question. So, so what are your guys – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just yeah, going to ask. I was going to ask what some of your – you know, the favorite books are for Dewan, you know. That that was mine. That Divinity 1 is the – 1 in 40 was the one that I've kind of been searching for. So would you consider um, that your holy grail? <sighs> No, because it's obtainable. I think your Holy Grail is the one that it's like the Holy Grail. I mean, you don't think it's out there. (laughs) You think you can get it? So do you guys think Um, the Unity number one golden ticket is the Holy Grail? You just just took my answer. There's two golden tickets out there. That's, That's our Holy Grails. Yeah, I mean. I would fight somebody for it. I'd fight somebody. If they picked it out of like a. A dollar bin or a backstock bin, I might tackle them in the store. I had the chance yep. to buy Two. one for 500 about three months after it came out. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And that same copy has changed hands a few times. And it now resides in Florida with the same gentleman that picked up the uh, Bloodshot Zero Pink. So He's got deep pockets. Yeah. Yeah. No, Michael's a good guy. I was texting with him yesterday. So nice. That's great. So what is that? That what is that? The golden ticket. Does it give you 
refresh my memory on there. What does it give you if you have the book? Do you get like uh, all the Valiant books, or or was it just just a, a limited edition book? Well, it's my understanding that there was it was a limited time that you could redeem the golden ticket, and if you had a golden ticket, they would. I can't remember if it was all expensive paid vacation. They were going to send you to Mars, or no? They, they were going to send you to a. Uh, um, well, it, it was a con, right? Yeah, uh, it not, was. Not a, it was New York Comic Con. So the book came out, uh-huh. and if you found one of the golden tickets, you had to, you know, get a hold of Valiant and tell them where you where you bought it, and provide them with the photo. Um, and then they gave you a, a private tour of the Valiant offices and also uh, a three-day pass to New York Comic Con. And so, yeah, there was one for each of the five pull box variants. And there's still two out there in the wild somewhere. They're in somebody's long box or short box, and they don't know they have it. Exactly. Wow. So does it look different? Is it like a different cover or is it something inserted inside that lets you know that it is a golden ticket book? Well, it was, go ahead, Jim. I see you. Oh, (laughs) well, I was going to, I had the same question, Duan. I was looking through all of my unity ones, looking for something like the Harbinger, uh, the coupons that they have, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here to find out. It, there wasn't an insert like a like a, a Willy Wonka golden ticket on the inside. It was actually text on the UPC symbol. Whether the UPC was on the front or the back of, of the book, either the, the front cover or back cover, there's tiny text that says golden ticket. And uh, I actually had that question to Justin uh, probably last year or the year before. And uh, he pointed that out. So, yeah. Hey, please add Right. Yeah, it was hashtag Unity Golden Ticket, and uh, it was below the numbers, just in the white UPC box, and so yeah, that's the only thing that differentiated it from the regular covers. It had the same UPC uh, physical number for scanning, but it just had that text added in the white box. So, mm. so it could just be sitting in somebody's backstock right now. It could. And, you know, if if uh, a retailer only ordered, you know, 20 copies of it or whatnot, and they put them all out, and people just sifted through it, they picked it up, they bagged, you know, they read it, they bagged and boarded it, and they don't realize what they've got setting in a box at home. Exactly. And it could have gone to any, uh, you know, any, anyone. Could have gone to DCBS, Midtown, and mm-hmm. um, I tried to lock down from Dinesh, and, uh one of the times he popped in and on Slack, and that was one of the questions I asked. I said, do you know at least the uh, the store that they, you know, maybe they were trying to honor some of their uh, some of their larger um, uh, subscription holders or or, uh, or stores. So, uh, but it sounds like it was completely random on who they uh, sent it to. And uh, Dinesh, uh, he he wouldn't fess up to where. Uh, you know, maybe they sent it off one to the northwest, one to the northeast, and, and uh, tried to separate it across the country, right? Maybe one to mile high. Um, but it's my understanding; it, it's completely random. Now, has anyone 
and I'm winking at Justin. Um, does anyone have any news that uh, might contradict that? No. Maybe Dinesh. Uh, I, I wish there was news. I mean, one was found at New York Comic Con in a long box. Mm. I don't know the retailer. Um, and then one was found at Midtown. Ah. One was found, I believe, at Collector's Paradise. I don't think they were random. I think, you know, they were told to send that book to, you know, maybe Comics Dungeon in Seattle or DCBS or Midtown or um, Lone Star in Texas. You know, I think they were sent to some of the bigger retailers. Um, But that's purely my speculation. That's my thoughts on it. I think they just... I think they were sure who they were going to send them to. Now, whether we know that or not, that that title's ended. It's been, you know, defunct or, you know, retired now for several, several months, almost a year, I think. And one of these days, you know, I still have a search on eBay that, you know, Unity Pullbox, and I, I still look at it every damn day to see if somebody <laughs> just lists it and they don't have a picture and... Or don't know, so. Nice. It's part of the fun with this. It's the hunt, the search. Yeah. Yeah. With only five. These days. You think with only five, that that's a good logic that they would send it to some of their bigger retailers to kind of reward them or reward their customers. I mean, if you're only producing five, I mean, you're, you're going to, you're not just going to ship them out like Willy Wonka. And especially comics paradise, comics paradise. Ed's a huge valiant uh, supporter. I mean, he's big promoter. Yeah. And that's, that's just going off memory. So, you know, don't quote me on that, but I, I believe that, you know, the shops were picked. But that's, again, please uh-huh. don't quote me on that. I don't know. I don't know any of that. <laughs> no. Well, it's all part of the story. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. lore. You know, it's going to change five more times over the next 10 or 12 years. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> by then we're all going to forget. So. <laughs> right, right. I, I hope someone finds it. I, it's, it's a neat thought to... To think that it is sitting in a long box somewhere, maybe in someone's personal collection or at a store waiting to be found and, and purchased. Um, but it, it's nice to know that there are two out there. Yeah, it, it does make a person want to look through some boxes at, you know, different conventions when they're there. Just you got any Valiant? All right. You look through your normal stuff. You look for keys that they don't know about. And then you always go. I always go back to Unity. I'm like, all right, let's see what's there. So... <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Now, now we have an army of people that are going to be looking for them. I think there's an <laughs> army of people that continuously look for them as it is. But as you know, the uh, fan appreciation of Valiant grows, the more and more people that you know need to know about what happened in the last five years. And you know, you never know. They, hopefully, yeah. somebody will cherish it when they find it. Yeah. And I and I, I mentioned army for a reason because once uh, what did our did, our first episode was posted what uh, last week? Was it Thursday or Friday? Friday yeah. morning, right? Yeah, I think it went live just last week. And even though we recorded it on, I think the eighth of February. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, and we've had such a great response. I mean, we've got Twitter followers, and we've been kind of active on Twitter trying to retweet stuff and pick up things, and and people have been following us, so we, we really appreciate that. We've got some good feedback, some good suggestions, like uh, Justin was reading the uh, the Facebook uh, questions and the, the Twitter questions that we had, so that, that was really awesome. So hopefully we have like a... Not a midi armor uh, army, but a small platoon, I guess, <laughs> that listen to us. <laughs> I'll so go, thanks they're, they're, they'll never get that hour a month back or two hours a month back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're sorry, but guys. It's, been, it's just us bullshit right. and three buds <laughs> hanging out. But it's fun, you know, and it's it's fun that people are, are like excited about it, you know. I know Ronnie left the first review, so thanks to Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shout out to Ronnie. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, and Martin. So, yes, thank you, Martin, for you know hosting this and taking care of all the back end stuff. We just have to uh, be proactive and continue doing this. So. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Weechi Fernandez on Facebook, he asked about must-haves. So what are some must-have books moving forward in the universe to you? Oh, wow. Go for it, Jim. Is that you? Well, um, as a completionist, I would say everything is a must-have. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, but I, I would say a must-have along with one of my key books, or one of my favorite books of all time, is is from uh, V1, from the first Valiant series, Eternal Warrior number four. That beautiful Cohen cover that has Jalad surrounded by all the arrows. It's in front of the door with all the arrows that are struck around him. I, that my my first Valiant book, I, I will say, was was Solar, Man of the Atom. Barry Windsor Smith. I, I bought that from the newsstand. I bought that from my from the newsstand at my brick and mortar comic book store back in the day. But the book that got me into Valiant, got me hooked on Valiant, was Eternal Warrior number four. I I think I have eleven copies of that book. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Uh, if there's an original piece of art that I that I would love to, love to have, that's it. That is my holy grail for original art, and that that is my must have vote. That's awesome. It's funny you say that because I just picked that book up two weekends ago. I was at a, a shop. I think I told Justin this. I was yeah. at a shop and uh, that I had never been to. I think I, I just did a – I observed a basketball game, and I was in – it's an area called Pickerington, Ohio. And I knew there was – actually, I found out about this shop because somebody went in there and stole a bunch of books, and it hit the newspapers. So it's oh, a, no. Yeah, they throw like maybe $250 worth of books. So I never knew the shop existed. So I went in there and they had very little Valiant books, but he had uh, like a set of the original run of Magnus and he had the Eternal Warrior book. And, you know, Jim, just like you, when you see that book, the way it's balanced, the image is balanced with his legs crossed and the arrows and, yes. you know, the, 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 the Asian like um, – samurai kind of outfit it just it if it doesn't draw you then you're just you, you you're not a comic book appreciate you know someone that appreciates comic books or art because that's just a beautiful book and that came out it's in the cool. 90s it's gorgeous yeah it's timeless it's, it's, yeah i think it's quintessential yeah it's quintessential value it's like 
that is one of the books you have to have in your collection. It's, mm. yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And it was, it was, they did a homage uh, to it uh, uh, with uh, with the Valley Entertainment. So, it's, and yeah. it's actually a Chase variant. So yeah, it's a lot a, of people are happy. It's a one in fifty by Patrick Zerker. Um, Thank you, Patch Zerker. And yeah, it's gorgeous as well. And it even says after Cohen. So. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah. Can't beat oh. it. One of my, uh, I think one of my must-haves um, is Harbinger 8 Lemire, um, that line-wide variant, the Bloodshot 14 Raphael Grampa line-wide variant, Shadow Man 5 Raphael Grampa 1 in 125 variant, and uh, like the Shane Davis and uh, Ben Temple Smith, Shadow Man 13s. Those are those are must-haves. Uh, I'm down to one of each of those, except for the Harbinger Eight. I've got an extra copy, but I'm thinking about slabbing it on my next submittal. Making all the money, making all the money. Nah, I I got to make some money back. Right. Do you want to, do you want to tell everybody about your experience slabbing? Because you had a cool, you had a nice haul there. You know, I think we mentioned it before we started the episode privately that you the the pictures you put out were awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, the Saturday before President's Day, I mailed in some books to CGC. It was uh, Britannia number two, number three, Savage number one, and number two, and they were two copies of each of the one in fifties. And then I also sent in a Superman two Oh four RRP sketch cover from 2004. And, uh, a few of these books I did have pressed to make sure they were super clean and they came back nine, eight, all of them, except for one of the savages. Um, it said the back corner had a crunch and it didn't have it before I sent it out. So, I didn't scan the books beforehand, uh, so yeah, it's got a, a 9.0 label on it. But there's a gentleman that inquired about it, so I mean, if it everything else it presents amazing unless you flip it over and look at that back corner. And I couldn't see it at first, but when you hold the light just right on that black cover, you can kind of see a little a little something there and. Again, it wasn't there when I mailed them in, but damn it, if it didn't, you know, find a corner of a table or a floor on its way from uh, unpacking at CGC to to grading. So, mm. lesson learned. That's good yeah. info to pass along. So yeah, so when I send out books moving forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna scan them on the scanner and just keep a digital copy of it, and then once they come back, reference it. But uh. I, I set out some books today to for my next submittal, so I got two more Savage Number Ones. I'm gonna try to get uh, slabbed, and then uh, Savage Number Three, Savage Number Four, Britannia Number Four, and then a couple Unity. I've got Unity One and Two, the Doug Braithwaite sketch covers, the One and One Hundred, and those are gonna go too. So I'm gonna send in like twelve or fifteen books and. You know, some of them, if they need 
pressed, I'll send them to get pressed first, and then I'll send them in to get graded here in another month. And, you know, it'd be nice to have two sets of Britannia and Savage 1 in 50 and, you know, ultimately decide what to do with them. Oh, yeah, that... Whew, you got you got some good stuff there. That, those pictures were sexy. That just blew my <laughs> wig when I saw it. I said, woo-wee! You had a good weekend there. <laughs> it was... I almost did an unboxing video, but I didn't want anybody to hear me cry if they all hit, like, 8-0. <laughs> so I decided to get some, like, screw it, I'll just post pictures on the Slack and on the Facebook. <laughs> Where, where did this water damage come from? Oh, it's Justin's <laughs> tears. <laughs> tears of a clown. <laughs> you know, you know, that's a, you know, the, those, those books that going back to the question that was asked, I mean, it's kind of hard to pick out like, what's that one must have book because you almost have to pick one per like, uh, era of Valiant. I mean, they claim era, the, the VH1 era or the VEI one. I mean, I'm just looking through kind of my list, my wish list on the Valiant database. I mean, you see the Shadow Man, uh, was it the Glow in the Dark issue from McLean number 16? That was a tough one. That yeah. was a tough one to get, sure. Mm-hmm. How'd you end up getting it? Uh, I reached out to Valiant fans and a great community of guys. And uh, um, it, it, what I don't think it was Jesse. Uh, DBS. Um, it was another gentleman. Uh, I think he's based out of Tennessee or Kentucky. Uh, the name escapes me. I, I don't think it was Sonic Dan. Um, I'll have to look back, Juan, but uh, uh, someone recently uh, on on the site was looking for the same thing, and I was surprised that no one uh, no one saw the entry or, or had one. I, I, I feel like I was I was the lucky one to uh, to get it, and that was one of the last acclaim books I needed to complete so my acclaim run. And that was at least a year ago, year, year and a half. That was, that was tough. I think I got it for 90, it was 90 to 100 bucks. I mean, it wasn't cheap, but they're rare. They're, they're tough books to come by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mycomicshop.com on eBay has one that comes up about every month, and I think they're asking two and a half or maybe three and a half for it, for uh, number 16, The Glow in the Dark. So my comic shop is Lone Star, right? They, yes. they post I, their their books are on the pricier end. I, I will say that sometimes, I mean, if you're looking to find uh, you know, some books to fill fill the holes and and some runs, that's one of the online sites I go to. But they are pricey. I, I, I would say that uh, maybe they're overpriced in some in some some conditions in, in some ways. Well, you know, some of those, some of the online retailers, if their prices are high, it's mainly because they don't want to get rid of the, some of the books. They want to keep them there and on display. And I, I mean, I just know from experience on my end that you know some of them are a little bit higher because they do, they don't necessarily want to sell certain books. But if they right. do, they'll be fine. They're happy with it. But you know, yeah. someone's able to. Spent a couple extra hundred dollars uh, on that book that was nice uh, eye candy or wallpaper. Right. I'll tell you what, my experience, my limited experience with my comic shop is um, just on their eBay postings, they will normally rate the book like 9.4. 
like a like some of the variants that they would have come out and people tend to pass on it uh, i think there was a few um books here recently of the past four months that i said oh, i needed there was no listings except for my comic shop and then i, I bid on them you know i i just went and bought them and they came back and they were like you know pretty much perfect to the naked eye so i don't know if that's just the standard grading that they give the books and i don't know if it that's every you know situation but just my personal experience working you know ordering from them is they kind of ship the books better in better condition than what they list them for. Yeah. Maybe they're strict graders. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe they want to go that a little, little lower to, I don't know, give them a, a buffer. Case, mm-hmm. uh, I know that there are some people out there that are particular about condition. And if they say it's a nine, six and you come back and say, well, no, uh, in my humble opinion, this would be a 9.0 or a 9.2. Um, I'm not sure what the return policy is, but um, maybe uh, maybe they're leaning on the on the side of caution. Right. Yeah, I, I think you you're both right. I think uh, some people undergrade so that people don't get upset when they when it arrives. So, and I, I think they do that on their eBay store often, which is, you know, good for us. I and mean, you can pick up a nine, four that might look like a nine, six, or depending on the day, a nine, eight, you know, it presents well and it looks like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of books that you can get, um, I think on our first episode, I kind of went back crazy over that Book of Death deluxe hardcover. <laughs> it's like <legend> now. <laughs> did, you, did you see what Ronnie put? Damn, Ronnie gets in all of our episodes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he put something out. Uh, one of the one of the books. It was going for five forty five hundred and forty five dollars. Yeah, I think on so one. on Amazon. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I did see today that the person that had um, one of the Book of Deaths on their eBay page that we talked about last week lowered the price. Um, let me... I got a notification on it earlier. Um, yeah, the price was lowered on one of them. I'm pulling up eBay, but... uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still looking. I I was in completed searches all of a sudden because I was looking up that uh that bloodshot tin that sold um from December. Mm-hmm. Um active. So yeah, there's a book of death hardcover up for two ninety nine ninety nine and then mm-hmm. ended. Yeah, I can't find it. It just shows you how these things fluctuate so much. You know, they, when they get hot, the, the price skyrockets, and then they kind of settle down. Um, kind of, the, you know, we, that was what we were talking about with the the anticipated uh, XO one and five hundred. You know, we think the price will get up to a thousand, and it may settle down, it may go up, but um, there's definitely going to be a peak, and before some of these books settle, unless something drastic happens, like a, a movie or you know, to find out that the books are super, super rare, then the price would definitely shoot up. But the, the prices do settle at some point, right? The brushed metal, the, the one, one in 500, that's that's the chase book. 
I, I think that is the book to have just because it, it is going to be so rare. So do you think that's the chase book for the first quarter of this year or the first half of this year or the first or this year? What do you think? Let me look into my crystal ball. <laughs> Shake your drink uh, glass. Yeah. <laughs> De Serono crystal ball. De Serono on ice. Nice. <laughs> um, great question, Justin. Um, to my knowledge, uh, yes, I, I would say hands down at least the first quarter because it is expected to be released uh, by the end of this month. Um, first quarter which starts April, or second quarter starts uh, first of April. Um, as far as other books this year, you might have more more insight than uh, than others. Um, no, not not on this. <laughs> but looking at the at the, the print run, seeing it is a, a brushed metal, it is it sounds like it is a strict one to five hundred. Um, I think there was I was a little confused when it was first announced that it was going to be one per store, and then it was one per 500. So I, I think the distribution piece I was a little confused on, but I don't know how many people are ordering 500 copies. So how many 500 brushed metal copies are going to be floating around? I, I think they're going to... Well, they unveiled a, a, a copy of it at Emerald City this weekend. So mm-hmm. the, there's a photo on Twitter of Adam and Dinesh holding a copy of it. And then a gentleman, um, Chris Admondson, I believe is his last name. I don't, I don't have it memorized. He goes by the Bald Moose. Um, oh yeah, yeah. On... He, he sold me some Valiant glasses. Actually, he hooked me up. He, there's a uh, a Facebook, or uh, I'm sorry, a uh, yeah, a Facebook page, and he snagged me a uh, uh, one of the Valiant shot glasses to help. So I, I'm one shot glass away from completing the collection. He hooked me up. Nice. Yes. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. He picked up some books for me last year at Rose City. You know, I contacted him via Facebook and, you know, I sold him um, a book as well. I can't remember what it was offhand. And, uh, you know, we had some good dealings, but there's a, some Twitter pictures circulating of Dinesh and Adam holding that book. And I believe one where Chris was in the photo or took the photo of the brush cover and um, somebody else had mentioned that, I think it was on Twitter or Facebook, or I can't remember why I read it. It was just yesterday or today, talking about the durability of the book, and that it would be really, really, really difficult to damage it, and that the pages inside were high quality. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come, and then, you know, next couple of weeks, and when mine arrives, you know, see what it's like. It, it looked um, – I did see it on our Twitter feed, and I think – I don't know if I retweeted it for us or whatnot, but, um, you know, I think in my mind I had it – I thought the cover may be a little bit thicker than what it is, um, but the picture was kind of far away when I saw Dinesh and uh, the other gentleman holding the book. But I'll, I'll try to send it to you guys here so you can look at it. But to answer your question, I think that is the Chase book by default, you know, for the year until something somebody knocks it off the top pedestal. I mean, um, my philosophy, I was thinking about this this weekend. Anytime Valiant comes out with a new character with their own book, get it. Get Try to get the 150s, the one, whatever they, the retail incentives are, the, 
the racial variants get it. I mean, we saw it with the Divinity, Britannia, Savage, those books. They end up going, you know, especially issue one, two, three. They end up going for a lot of money. Get them um, because, you know, there's a lot of theories behind it. But my thought is people aren't really, you know, sure about the character. People you know, you know, retailers may not purchase a lot of them. So those books are kind of rare. And Brian does a really good job with their characters and tying them into their universe um, that the characters are significant or will play a significant role in the future of what's going on with the stories that they tell. So get those. Um, and I did read something that there is a new character coming out this year. Um, I'm not sure. I think that it was kind of mentioned with a possible death of one of the harbingers or somebody on the cover of the, the massacre edition or was, what is it? Uh, Harbinger renegade five. Yeah. The first Syot. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I think that's is that what, what it was. Yeah. I didn't read the article. I didn't have time since it was posted, but I think they mm-hmm. talked about it. This person is, was the first Syot. Mm, so some back history. Because, yeah, if I remember correctly, Jim, maybe I can't, I really cannot remember. Um, There have been three activated Psyots, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Supposedly. And this is what Garrett and I discussed maybe a year ago. I mean, we we went back and forth with this, and I think we even asked Dinesh about it. And we, we really didn't get a clear answer from from him on it i mean you knew peter was right um we kind of figured that toyo wasn't inactivated i mean that that he wasn't born is that right am i saying this right maybe the wine's getting to me um (laughs) (laughs) the born activated the born activated psyots who are they like it's like peter and Oh, man, I'm losing it. But Toyo wasn't one, right? Because of the atomic bomb that dropped kind of activated him. So who's who's this who's this mysterious third person? Right. Yeah, I have to go back and read. I've read so many damn comic books since then. I cannot for the life of me remember. Well, guys, we got to come up with at least two or we're going to lose all kind of credibility here. Darpan wasn't activated, was he? Nah, he's that's the one. You got it. They said he, with an Imperium, like he was he was born activated. Peter was, and we don't know who the third one is. You know, we we assume that it was Harada, but I think from the stories that have been told, he, when the atomic bomb was dropped, that's when he got his powers at that point. And that, that's the mystery: was it was it Harada or not? Is it Harada or not? Because um, we keep going back and forth with. That's something we'll have to visit in episode three. Yeah, yes. now I want to go back and read because I should be able to retain right. that. And it's kind of irritating that I can't remember. <laughs> what the ha- what happened to Darpan? Well, I guess we're we're not talking about collection anymore. We're talking about <laughs> issues. Yeah, there's there's other podcasts that review the comics, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but but Dwan, back to one of your earlier questions or points. Uh, about picking up the uh, the first appearances, picking up the uh, the, the ones and, and the the one fifties. Uh, I think this is good advice uh, for for a valiant community or fellow collectors. Uh, we learned our lesson with Savage One and Britannia. Uh, I, I would say Britannia maybe uh, two, three, and four. 
ones were are so plentiful, but Savage One shocked everyone. I, it, it was under ordered, so the uh, the one in fifties, you know, as we saw, it, the the first uh, first one or two sold uh, well over five hundred dollars. Uh, one was knocking on the door of nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, will we see this with Britannia Two, Savage Two? Um, you know, we can look, know. we can look at Divinity Two. You know, oh, yeah. all those were very plentiful because people underordered the first Divinity run that can't put out, exactly. and so those are all plentiful. And even you know some of the is even Divinity Three is plentiful, and so people they were aware they did order um, enough to you know qualify for some of those one in fifties. So they're out there, they're available. But you know, will Britannia Two? Um, when it comes out in, was it May? Um, are we going to see the same effect as Divinity 2 is what I wonder. You know, our stores are going to be like, okay, well, I saw this selling for 275 bucks on eBay. Right. I need to up my order to have it. They're going to come out of the gate with these books for like 150 bucks, And they're going to realize there are, you know, 15 people on eBay that have a copy or more. And, you know, they're not, you know, and then so maybe we'll see it with, if there's a Britannia three, you know, maybe we can write it up again. So it's kind of like a sine curve, you know, it goes up and down and waxes and wanes and Savage caught everybody off, you know, off guard. Um, you know, what, what's going to be the next mini series? You know, they're really hyping secret weapons and everybody's been wanting a live wire solo or mini for a long time. So I don't think that'll be the book. I mean, you know, I'm going to get all the so, covers, but I, I don't think that's going to be a sleeper like everything else has been, you know, the, the two titles that have been this year. Well, I, I guess if X01, the 1 in 500 variant, the brushed metal, if that isn't the book of the year, what will be? Hasn't been announced yet. And I <laughs> and when I say that, I, I, I don't know. You yeah, know we'll have um, to do a 2017 retrospect. Yeah, I mean, and we could even do that with 2016. We could look back and say, in our opinion, what was the best um, speculated, you know, speculation book of 2016 or a sleeper book that people didn't get when it first came out and it shot up. And we've answered that, all three of us, on separate times tonight. Of Personally, I think it's Savage 1. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a great, yeah, with a book that you must have. Savage One, 50 variant. One in 50. That, that's a must-have book. Yeah. Or a chase book. And it's, and it's not even a super sexy cover. You know, I think Paul talks about this sometimes. He doesn't like the, the black and white covers because the sketch covers because they're not super, super sexy. I mean, <laughs> but as a collector, I mean, who cares? I mean, it could have an elephant or a rat or... <laughs> a, a nice manicured lawn on it. I mean, it's about the book as a collector. Is it is it something that you want to collect? And if the cover's better, and that's what I like about the Britannia books. Those covers, like Britannia 2, 1 in 50, all day long. You'll get me to bite on those all day long because it, I love the cover. I mean, it's sexy. The lady in the middle, it's great. Colors are nice. It's well, drawn yeah, it's good. Dave Johnson. He he did all four of those one in fifties for Britannia, and Dang. he is yeah. so solid. And Larose yeah. is the same way on those one in fifty 
sketch covers for Savage, all four of them are just absolutely amazing. And, you know, thankfully with we all, all three of us have the Comics Pro um, Exo Man of War, Secret mm-hmm. Weapons, The Ring, you know, yes. and when Great you, leader. yeah, and when you <laughs> look through that Exo Man of War at, at Thomas G, Tomas Giarello's pencils, wow, wow, sexy. I, I want a director's cut of that too. I mean, we've had a few director's cuts, but I want one of that book. I want it hardcover. I want it the actual sizes of the pages, and. You know, I don't care that it doesn't fit on the shelf and it doesn't, you know, fit with the other. I want an artist edition, a true artist edition of Exo Man of War number one. Yeah. Money in hand. I'm eager. I'm. I'm. You tell me it's coming. I'm pulling the trigger this minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's your book. That's your book. You're there. You're... <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's it, your bait. It's sexy. It. The art is amazing. That's... And no discredit to the colorers that work, you know, the colorists that work at Valiant. They do amazing jobs. But sometimes things warrant coffee table size books of covers and, you know, books that they really push and drive hard, you know, drive home hard. I want to see an artist edition. I want to see extra content. I want to see Matt Kent's script in the back of it, his original script for the, the title. I want to. Give me a hundred pages, and also put the comic in oversized. I don't care. I want to see the original art, all you know, forty pages of it from page one to page forty, undisturbed. Yeah, and especially the what was the one panel with the? Well, the book's not out yet, so, but it's been previewed. The the with the rope coming across the 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 panel or the frame when he's climbing up the hill when Eric is climbing up the hill. I mean, the, the, first, the, that would hmm? be the first one, right? Yeah. 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 I think you're right. The, the issue one. Yeah. When he, with the, just that rope, the, just that rope being the prominent thing that you see in that panel and him climbing up the hill, that, 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 that page I would, I would want personally and I, and I don't buy a lot of art, but, or mm-hmm. any art actually, but that, that's one I would want. <laughs> Definitely. I would definitely want that one. It's a great point. Great point. And I, I'm Justin. I'm glad you brought up Comics Pro because since our last podcast, we haven't talked. And the uh, I'm glad to see that the Comics Pro values or prices are coming down to a realistic. Uh, um, when the EXO and Secret Wars, uh, Secret Warriors. Uh, First came out, I, I saw eBay uh, prices at a hundred dollars, and now I'm seeing them settle between thirty and twenty dollars. I'm happy to. My advice to fellow collectors, um, or secret weapons rather, um, the, uh, the the price that I would recommend. Uh, there's so many secrets in our community, right? Serono <laughs> <laughs> is so nice. <laughs> That's the secret to getting uh, Jim yeah. loose on a podcast, DeSorono on right, ice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for two fellow collectors, wait, wait till it drops to twenty uh, for the for the uh, uh, secret weapons and the EXO. Now the ring, if you guys don't have it, 
uh, and you're you're wanting to uh, to add one to your collection, uh, I believe there's one out there for around fifty three dollars right now. Maybe a couple days left on the auction. There are a couple buy it nows uh, in the eighty range. Um, I would see if it would drop a little lower because just be prepared uh, for for those that don't have it, haven't seen it. It is a cheap looking ring. It saddens my my heart and soul to to say. So. It's nothing too impressive. Nope. You're right. I'm looking at a, a bid now starting at on eBay for $149.99 for the ring, the XO book, and the secret weapons in a shot glass. You get it for one. You can buy it now for one for two hundred dollars. They want yeah. starting bid is for one fifty. And um we were talking about this earlier, um, maybe last week with the ring. There's three hundred rings. Um, you can only get it at Comic Pro, Comics Pro. So, um, just the ring itself, Justin, what was your thought on it? You you thought that two hundred dollars was a fair price for just the ring itself? I think Do you still believe that. Well, right now, since there's a flood of them coming to the market, you know, if you can pick it up for between fifty and a hundred, that's that's good. Um, but if people are listing it for two hundred, I think that's crazy right now as more you know only 300 of them that is less than 10 percent of the production run from the original exo manowar ring those were at 4600 and so we've got this limited ring at 300 i think uh you know whatever you're comfortable paying with it now is great a great pickup i wouldn't pay any more than 100 for it um, and I think here in the next couple of years, you know, you know, by the end of this year, we're going to see it come down even more and I might buy another one or two to set back and aside. And then as more and more people come, you know, and enjoy Valiant, you never know. They could be hunting those down and you could maybe make a little bit of money, but I'd much rather speculate on the books than some of the merchandise. Cause you never know. You see box cutters all the time. You see shot glasses, um, I, I just I've, I mainly focus on the comics so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out when the when the comic comes out because it could you know who knows if we were to look there's probably been a hundred listed and sold publicly that we know about you know people picking up from the retailers or whatnot not just on eBay but you know if you're if you pay attention to the Twitterverse and the Facebook verse and other forums you see that they've traded publicly. So we know that a third of them have probably already traded hands. They're already in collector's hands, but that's just me. And if you, and if you can't get one of these, I, you know, I'm kind of like, again, I'm newbie to the group. So you guys are the, the seasoned veterans and you have connections or whatnot. But the way I got mine was I called around to a few shops where I purchased off of ebay some variant covers and i was really surprised at the reception that that you would get as a valiant fan um the shop that um i went from is like in the southwest the united states and they were super excited um to get me whatever they they could have valiant from when they went to comic pros so they shipped me the ring and the books and the shot glass and and pretty much everything except for the hotel card for I won't even say, I think I told you guys how much it is, but I won't even say how much they charged me. It was next to nothing. Um, 
Like, maybe just to cover shift shipping or whatnot. And it was their response was, we were just happy that you're excited about Valiant Comics. You know, we like the books. We like to move the books. You know, you reached out to us. We're more than willing to help you out. And they sent me some extra stuff. I showed you the, uh, oh, what was it? The, what was it? Uh, those, oh, those unbent covers of, was it Armor Hunters? Signed oh, by Fred yeah. Van Linty. They yeah. were, uh, um, oh god, I'm drawing a blank. Uncut covers for Armor Hunters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the sent me those for a super fair price. So if you you know this stuff is, you just have to go out and ask for it and kind of search a little bit. Maybe ask some people like like you said, Jim on Valiant fans. You've got some really cool stuff from them. There's people out there that that will hook you up really for for fair price. So oh, it's not impossible to get. You can get this stuff. Yeah, and I, I've got to give a shout out to uh, to our friends, you know, at the Valiant Database. We've got a great community, great community on Slack. It's it's fantastic. I mean, and then I've had extra books I've sold, and I've I bought extra books off of people. It's a great community. And I'll tell you this. Don't propose to your woman with the XO ring or your man, whatever you do. <laughs> like, like Jim said, it's it's not the highest quality. It's like something you make in high school shop class, in art class. Um, it's not something you want to make a momentous decision off of. <laughs> yeah, don't just whatever you do, don't spend two months' salary on that thing. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Don't spend two hours salary on it, right? <laughs> well, hey, um, our last podcast, I talked about um, Exo Manowar and that they were limiting it to 20 retailers. And a few people on the Facebook verse uh, took that as gospel that there were going to be 20 retailers. Well, they're limiting it to 20 retailers. And right now we have I have a list of all thirteen retailers um, that I can just share real fast. So we've got Bulletproof, we've got Collector's Paradise, their black and white cover and their color cover. We've got Comic Block or or Nerd Block. They've done uh, oh right yeah they've done uh, a Divinity <laughs> Three Cat cosplay cover and they also did a uh, Harbinger Renegade shirt and a Harbinger Renegades cover. Um, then we've got Comics Dungeon in Seattle, Fighter Flight Comics. It is a two-part cover that gets put together with Ultimate Comics. So at Fighter Flight you can get one, and then at Ultimate Comics we'll have the second part of it. So you put the two covers together and they form one mega cover. Um, Fried Pie has a variant. The humble, bu- yeah, the humble bundle was a Virgin cover that you could get if you subscribed. You know, donated $25 or more. Then there was also Golden Apple Comics. They have a Straczynski. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a Sinkowitz cover. A Bill. Yeah. So Golden Apple's got a Bill Sinkevich. I always say it wrong the first time. It's Sinkevich. <laughs> and then Nowhere Games and Comics has one. Um, the Nerd Store in Salt Lake City, Utah has one. Sailfish out on the East Coast has one, and then there's one I am yet to 
we won't announce yet. Oh. Mm. Well, fingers mm. crossed. Uh, it's going to be somewhere local here in Colorado. Maybe uh, I want more comics. Or maybe Mile High. No, it's hey, 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 hey. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be available, but it's nothing to do with uh, a retailer in Colorado. Uh, now, now you have people. Now you have people wondering. They're gonna like call out the FBI to do searches. Like, what's going on? Where's this secret, top secret book? Why, why, why don't we know about it? Uh, post, post your guesses. Yeah, post your guesses <laughs> where the secret variant is gonna be uh, for XO number one to at collect valiant on the Twitter bot. Yeah, collect that. that. That'll be a good poll. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. That or uh, maybe we'll just hold this uh, episode until the book comes out and then... See yeah. who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so right now there's 13 different uh, variants for Exo Manowar number one that are known. You know, there could be more that come out, so... But I do, you know, I do know in my talks with uh, Valiant that they were going to limit it to no more than 20. Doesn't mean there there are 20, but all I do know is right now there are 13. Jim, did you have to, you got a refill there, buddy? Had to hydrate. Hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> one and hydrate, one and hydrate. Is that the, is that the race? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, man. I'm calling out a Valiant book as Secret Wars, Secret Warriors. I'm like, all right. Squirrel Girl, whatever. <laughs> Squirrel Girl. <laughs> starting to slur, starting to slur. <laughs> uh, so, again, um, oh, what else do we want to talk about? Do, do we want to talk about My Lights? Is that on the, uh, the agenda? We, we can definitely talk about how we store our comics. You want to do it on this episode or maybe another one? You know, it, it's really up to you guys. We've been going for one hour and 18 minutes, ultimately, today. Um, and I'm still recording. Even though last time I said I stopped it, I apparently didn't. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we can... I wouldn't mind getting back together next Sunday if that works for you guys and just keep talking. We haven't even talked Comic-Con numbers for the month of January. You know, there was the announcement, a slip up today at Emerald City that Dave Wilson was going to be the director of the Bloodshot movie and he is uh, he is Deadpool director Tim Miller's partner at Blur Studios. Um, ah. So, it, and it was an accidental slip apparently. Oh. So, well, let's talk. Let's talk Emerald City at least. We, let's could, because if that happened this weekend. We can at least talk about that. Sure. All right. So, so what they they brought out the what the Commander Bloodshot, um, Jason David Frank books, right? Yes. Uh, was it two images this time plus the cat variant? Well, <laughs> I, I think there were two different covers. Um. They were both photo covers that we had seen before. So they were both mm-hmm. images from the um, New York City books, but now they're on, you know, Divinity 3, 
uh, Commander Bloodshot number one, and then the Divinity three Shadow Man with a cat cosplay cover. And there were posters and whatnot. I think there was another Bloodshot Jason David Frank poster that he signed and gave away. There was a Secret Weapons print, I think, that they were signing also. Oh, yeah. um, What is his name? Eric Hessier? H-E-I-S-S-E-R-E-R Hessier? Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer, uh, the screen, you know, he did the screenplay for Arrival. He was signing those. But, but yeah, I'm not sure what else came out of Emerald City other than that information. Uh, what what else did we see? So you know when the uh, when the Jason David Frank books came out, the Bloodshot books came out in New York. Those those were going for a pretty penny, guys. Right? Like uh, I think just. Justin, you got some. I don't know, Jim. Did you get a couple copies? I did. I, I actually got two unsigned copies in in good condition, uh, or well, in excellent condition. Um, okay. <laughs> um, unslapped. Um, I was happy to. I think I paid one twenty five to one fifty per cover. Nice. And I've I've seen them settle down. I've seen. Occasionally they trickle out. You can find them around a hundred bucks, but uh, they're, are, they're, they're kind of difficult to find. But for that that price of a hundred bucks, Jim, they're signed. Yours are unsigned. Unsigned, right? Which are probably more rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Justin was saying. Like uh, yeah. at the time, you you were you were kind of frustrated in the fact that yours the ones that you picked up were signed and you wanted them yeah. raw. Yeah, I you know I have two sets of each cover signed, and I would you know I would give anything to have the unsigned you know just in my collection because I don't care about signatures. If I obtain a signature, it's on a foreign book that the the writer artist hasn't seen, and uh, I, I I'm just not a signature hound. No, neither am I. I. I'd rather have the raw ones, and you know, people can do whatever they want with them. But Jim, that's great. You got two unsigned because they were going for like almost five hundred dollars a pair, right? At first, for like the first two or three weeks after, yeah, New York City Comic Con. They were so, pretty pricey. Yeah, to get them at that price, that oh, you're winning at you're winning right there for hundred quarter. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that was my whole point to say, like, you know, when I first saw that these, these books were coming out for Commander Bloodshot for Emerald City, were they going to command that type of price? And then I looked at the print run, and you're, you're talking New York City, East Coast, and you're going all the way up to the Pacific Northwest, right, for Emerald City. $500 yeah. print run, I think it's going to – this book's going to be – you probably have a better chance of getting this book than you would the, the the New York Comic Con one. Do you guys agree with that, or do you have another opinion? Well, I think we'll see it pop up on eBay, and the first dozen copies that show up are going to go for a little bit higher, but as it starts flooding eBay, we're going to see them come down. I mean, right now you can get a slabbed, signed, CGC verified nine four for a hundred bucks, you know. So that you know, there's three different S, you know, certified signature series 
verified yellow label CGCs on eBay right now of the the books from New York Comic Con, and you know they're less than what Jim had paid for his, and what I paid for mine, and you know mine's not graded, but uh, I I think you're gonna see the price come down. I think you just kind of I think it's a hold for me, you know. I haven't even looked on eBay this weekend whatsoever at books, and especially the Emerald City books. I haven't either. Yeah. I saw one signed for seventy nine ninety nine. Just one of the books, not not a pair. Just one for eighty bucks. So it, I would think it would go down also. That this this book, I think you you would be able to get, and it's the same image from the New York one, right? The same two images. Identical image. Identical image. Yep. Yeah, I think everybody would be able to get this one here. Now, the cat cosplay one is a different story. <laughs> I think you've got a copy of that already. <laughs> I do. I kind of looked up on that thanks to, thanks to some of the friends in Slack. I got this. It looks like, Jim, you're trying to chop my head off, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you, got your, you got your Eternal Warrior there you're gonna do yeah. some damage Gimli from the Lord of the Rings series comes to mind in my house <laughs> nice. so you gotta do some remodeling in your house get a new kitchen there <laughs> <laughs> give me your books or I'm gonna cut your head off <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> please don't you don't take that to take that to cons and just jack people for <laughs> They're bags of books. Give me a book. I'll chop your head off. <laughs> I will never. I will. I will neither confirm nor deny. Oh yeah. Well, we'll have to do a special investigation on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Emerald City. So, so there's prints. So we talked about the uh, secret weapons print. We talked about saw that the books. Or whatnot, and I sent you guys. If you looked on on our Slack channel for the podcast, I sent you the tweet for the breast metal cover, so you can look at that. And oh yeah, let let me know what you think. It, it it looks it looks like a regular book. It it didn't. I thought it would be like a bulkier, like coffee table, thick cover, brush metal, and it's just hard to tell from this picture, you know. What it is, it, it looks like it almost looks six and a half by ten and a half. It looks like the size of a comic. Yeah, yeah. It just this is not like a high definition, like quality picture. It almost the color looks muted, but it, it's Dinesh with the silicone EXO ring on his first <laughs> finger. Yeah, and Adam's got it on his also. So yeah, yeah. Now those are the rings you can get. I heard those are. Plentiful. Yeah, they're gonna be sending fifty um, to each store that asks for them in a bag, you know. So they'll be available. Yeah. Be like Joe Montana and Tom Brady. We can put one on each finger, right? That's right. <laughs> Coach Popovich or something. So, uh, but it, the cover, you could tell it. It has some mass to it. This, this is just my initial reaction looking at it. It has some mass to it. It's not floppy, obviously, because it's a fresh metal. But I just don't know the gauge of it. Do you, do you guys know what the gauge would be? Well, I know that you can print on metal, and there are several different ways going about it, and they usually do it on 16 
or 18 gauge aluminum or steel aluminum mm-hmm. can be cleaned and uh, inkjet or can be printed on it real easily. I've seen it done. I saw it done 10 years ago. And so, um, yeah, it can be done. And then the, the pieces of metal cut to any size. So. Mm. This would be interesting. It's just from, from the picture. Just, I wonder if the, the quality of the image is going to be sharp or not. It looks kind of bland on this picture and it could be the camera, right? With the flash. Yeah. I think it's the, the quality of the photo. Um, if you look at it, you know, I think there's a glare off of it from the camera or the lights overhead. You know, I mean, if we could ask them to tilt the book down a little bit or up. And to me, this just looks like the cover. Um, I don't even, it might be the full Mm. book. It's, you know, they might have a sample of the cover there, but that's just, Oh yeah. And and that's another thing we talked about this week. There, there is one comic shop that's having, um, you know, having their own cover printing and they're having, what is it? A, a metal print. Is it a metal print? That they're gonna, is that, is that what it is? Am I correct with that? Yeah. Collector's yep. paradise. Yeah. And they wanted what the, all the, all the, was it all the ratio variants and all the covers except the one in 500 plus this print for four ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think it was a good offering, but uh, a little pricey. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. Ed's, uh, Ed's a, a stand up guy and he was uh, accepting payments. So people who wanted to pay monthly on it. So, so he, he announced it in December and people who wanted to take incremental, incremental payments through March, he was accepting payments. So it was, it was a, you know, a, a nice offering. And I just wish I had the uh, disposable income for, for something like that. Yeah. You can't beat that. If he's going to take payments, if any retailer is going to take payments, take advantage of it. Oh, and he's a super uh, EXO fan. He was uber pumped. Yeah. I, really? I bought every one of his store exclusives from him, you know, so. But uh, I do remember hearing and reading today that somebody that was that had talked with uh, Valiant at Emerald City confirmed that the metal covers would be coming directly from Valiant and not through Diamond. So there's Ooh. not the as much risk of damage from the you know from the Diamond distribution warehouse, um, and the Valiant would be sending those out directly to the qualifying retailers. Uh, I think that's the proper way to produce it. That's the best way to ship it, especially something so rare and valuable. The investment that a shop has to take on to order an exclusive or 500-plus copies of it, they need to be treated very well. So I commend, hey, hats off to Valiant for doing it that way. Definitely, because... That makes the book, in my opinion, more valuable because you know you're going to get a quality book. Um, because my little shop, I tell you what, if it's rare that I go in there in the, in a week where the shop owner's not crying about diamond, 
you know, <laughs> Diamond did this and Diamond, and it's not a Diamond bashing session. You know, maybe in another episode we can go into more details on this, but um, mm. you know, there, there's damaged books a lot at, at times with with more so. It's the consistency. Their their consistency may not be where it needs to be. So coming from Valiant and and Valiant knowing um, what this book or what their books mean to their retailers and their customers. To me, that that adds another premium on top of the book. I don't I don't know about you guys, but for me, it it just does. It does. It makes the book more valuable to me, knowing that it's going to be shipped with care, um, more so than going through the distributor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would question: Does Marvel or DC do the same thing when they ship their one in one thousand variants or the one in five thousand variants? No. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I. Uh... I could probably ask um, and whatnot and figure out about the one in 5,000 Jim Lee sketch variants. Yeah. You know, that that comes to mind. Uh, you know, there weren't very many shops that ordered 5,000 variant, you know, 5,000. Uh, and a store exclusive with DC is 5,000 minimum. So they were, if you did a, a, a variant with them, you did get that Jim Lee but 5,000 comics at whatever your discount tier is, that is a lot of comic books. Wow. So so tell me this, Justin. So say a group of retailers wanted to get a one or two of those one in 5,000 from, say, Marvel or DC. Are they able to order from one diamond account and say we're going to order 10,000 books and it goes out to, say, 10 to 20 shops? And they'll distribute the books out when they come into those ten or twenty shops just to get these these variants. Is is that even like? Does that make business sense? Well, to I mean, retailers. There was the Phantom variant that Larry's Comics and about eight other. Well, at one time there were about twenty retailers that all went in together and did the Phantom variants. They had this little Phantom, you know, Phantasma ghost figure on the cover. Somewhere, you know, and it was about the size of a 50 cent piece or whatnot. But yeah, so um, they would go in and say, hey, let's do a, a, a phantom variant on this. And all the retailers that were doing it said, hey, I'll take X amount. And they did the minimum or over that to get, you know, the variants. But the distribution on the variants, I don't know how, you know, let's just say 10,000 copies and there's a one in 500, um, a one in 50, a one in 1,000, and a one in 10,000. So who gets the one in 10,000? Who gets, how do you divvy up 10 copies of one in 1,000? How do you divvy up 20 copies of one in 500? And how do you divvy up 200 copies of one in 50 between 18 retailers that are going in on a book together? It's just really, the logistics are extremely hard. It has to be. And I mean, it seems like the only equitable equitable way to do it is to sell the book and then split the proceeds up between those 10 to 20 retailers. So maybe yeah. everybody makes a hundred or 200 bucks off of it. If that, you know, or you sell that one high variant and then take it off the cost of doing the exclusive. And then everybody pays, you know, their percentage. Yeah. Or they make their money off the lower ratio of variants. Right. So, 
they sell the high. Is that what you're saying? You sell the high ratio variant that covers the cost of getting the ten thousand books, and then if they can sell the one in twenties, the one in fifties, the one in one hundreds, and that's all profit. And they can, since there's more books of those those ratios, right? They can ship those out to all the twenty retailers, and they can make their money off of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that might be a plan. I don't I don't know if it works or whatnot, but that's just my thinking about it. Uh, I think when you have, I think if you do it with eight eight shops or ten shops, it could be equitable. I think if you did it with more than that, I think somebody would their feelings are they would get butt hurt eventually. You know, whether they feel like they got screwed over on this or the next one or the next one, I think it's just I think it's too tough to do. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But that's business, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, well, guys. What do you guys think? It's been an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm a, I'm tuckered out. Well, yeah, yeah. it's uh, almost ten o'clock on the East Coast, so. Uh, I don't sleep, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm in between <laughs> seasons, so it's okay with me. I'm. Baseball season hasn't started yet, so nice. I'm okay. Well, yeah, let's let's shoot for uh, episode three on next Sunday. Okay, we'll, let's do it. All right. Well, this has been episode two of Collecting Valiant podcast, and uh, thanks for listening. And find us on the Twitter at, at Collect Valiant. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. Good job, guys. Awesome. Nice. So, what are you drinking again, Jim? <laughs> it's uh, De Serono. Let me let me pull the bottle. Man, Jim was fired up today. Now, when I was a little boy. Something in my bucket Keeps a lot of folks alive